This is the Movie Hall of Fame for April 24th, 2020, Class of Godzilla. I am one of your hosts, Adam Hall, and there's Nico over there, I think, still. Not bad. Oh, not bad. Oh, did I do an okay job? Not bad, kid. This is what happens when you watch enough movies. You just become a pro, you know? I'm going to start, I need to watch some Grey's Anatomy so I can become a a doctor and make a lot of money now. (laughs) Yeah, if you listen, podcasting is one of the few, if you want to call it professions, let's call it professions, <laughs> that you can literally learn it while watching it. You yeah. know? <laughs> Doctor is not going to do you any good. You, uh, strong emphasis on watch. Yeah, that's right. We watch our podcast. Yeah, you watch, it. you listen. Uh, just being around it, just consuming it is enough of an education for you. But I like that you use the term watching because it makes sense in, the, in, in, in that when, when you watch a podcast, there is nothing. And then when you... <laughs> In, in essence, you learn nothing. Yeah, well, there's nothing to learn. Yeah, man. that's why there are 50 trillion of them on the internet. Yeah, there are. I have my brother was funny the other day. He was he wanted to like do some stuff with like like he wanted to try to break out of the box and do some video work. And I'm like, okay, cool. What do you want to do? And the first thing he said was like like movie reviews. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's like get off dude. our corner, bro. Like first, yes. And I was like, dude, I already do movie reviews like every fucking day. And then he's like, what about on YouTube? I'm like, there's, there's, oh my God, there's a disgusting amount of that shit. I don't want to add to that. I know. I can't add to that. We're already adding to it. I know. And it's not doing the world any good. No, the the world needs fewer movie reviewers. That's, that's, that's my, uh, uh, epiphany. (laughs) I, I could not agree more. Um, you have the reins today. I'm so excited uh, for you to, to flee the nest. Um, I feel like Mama Bird just forcing you out. You're going to spread your wings and fly, or you're going to plummet to your death, Adam Hall. It'll be a mixture of both. It'll be a spectacular plummeting. I will be uh, Icarus. That's, that's, that's the analogy I will use. I will be going down, but I'll, it'll be a glorious fireball that people will stand to look at. Like, oh, that's pretty cool. It's not so bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, I had the brilliant idea of doing a Godzilla podcast, and boy, am I excited about that. Um, yeah, we we went out of our way, or rather, I went out of my way to uh, nominate five Godzilla films, which you had zero part in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is that, Nico? Um, because I've only seen three Godzilla films in my life. <laughs> That's why. Which is shocking to me, all things considered. I'm surprised you hadn't seen it, I don't know, a couple more just in passing. I mean, How? Are they like on TV a lot? Everyone's, yeah, I see them on TV. I see them on HBO like oddly frequently. Which ones? Some, uh, some from the Millennium series I see a lot and then I've seen uh, a bunch from the Heisei era. There's fewer from the Showa era and I'm sure you have absolutely zero idea of what I'm talking about. I don't know what any of those words mean. Okay, so I guess, uh, do you want me to break down a, a small oral history of the Godzilla films? This is your ship. Steer it My, the way you want, sir. I guess I should, right. Yeah, so, um, yeah, this is a long-running film franchise. As a matter of fact, it is the longest-running film franchise in the history of cinema. Is that right? So, yep. Starting in 1954 with Godzilla or Gojira. And currently, they're coming out with their 36th entry this year with Godzilla versus King Kong that's 66 years running my friend well we think it's coming out this year well that's the you know, <laughs> coming out yeah 
so right along. Th- those American movies are part of the franchise. They're not oh, like their own thing. Oh yeah, no, they are absolutely part of the franchise. They're not necessarily uh, overseen by Toho, who originated this whole thing. That's the Japanese company, of course. Right. Uh, but yes, they are officially part of the Godzilla franchise. And in some scenarios, they start to blend together. So, for example, you have the 1998 TriStar Godzilla directed by Roland Emmerich, starring <laughs> Ferris Bueller. And <laughs> and you have Godzilla in heavy quotations in that movie because of how radically altered he was. Right. And later on, Toho ended up, uh, I guess, getting the rights to use that monster in their films where their Godzilla kicks the shit out of that one. Mm. Because that's how much they hated that one. Oh, oh, okay. So it was sort of like a symbolic like F you to Roland Emmerich. Yes, exactly. Okay. I like that because I don't like that movie at all. And I don't <laughs> think anyone does. I like it, but very ironically. Don't worry. Okay. I like Hank Azaria in it. <laughs> I like the entire Simpsons cast in that movie. How about that? <laughs> For some who reason. Else, who else in the Simpsons cast is in that movie? Uh, whoever plays the news anchor and the woman who plays Bart Simpson. Oh, um, oh, why am I blanking on her name? Yeah. Is she I in forget. that movie? Yep. Oh, yep. wow. Yeah, Nancy Cartwright. Yep, yep, she's in it. Okay. She, like, looks out the window and sees Godzilla walking by. And she's like, sir, I think your story just walked by the window. Eat and my it- shorts. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then she's saying it to the news guy who plays the news guy in The Simpsons. Uh, whose name I'm blanking on as well. Yeah. I don't Harry Shearer? Is that his yep. name? Yep. Okay. There you go. So, yeah. Godzilla franchise is pretty cool. Um, it's got, like I said, it's got a, a long timeline technically, but it's also got an interesting evolution. And I mean, I went back and I did a ton of research just looking at all the films and kind of examining how they changed and what they originally started at versus the way they changed just within their own eras. Mm. And it's important to note that f- there are four separate Godzilla eras. You start okay. with, <laughs> I know, bear with me. You have the Showa era, which is the first one that goes from 1954 to 1975. Those are 15 films. The Heisei era, which goes from 1984 to 1995, seven films. The Millennium series from 1999 to 2004, six films. And the most recent uh, Reiwa era from 2016 to fuck only knows when. They're not sure when they're going to do another one. As so where, where does the 2014 Godzilla fit? That is the legendary series from 2014 and currently 2020 with three films so far. And I guess if you want to count Kong, Skull Island. I see. So those are parallel timelines. Uh, yes. Different okay. timelines. Yes. Okay. They're, not, they're not directly connected. But that doesn't really matter because timelines and Godzilla don't even get me started on that one. Right. It's this a, was actually going to be one of my questions to you. Mm-hmm. And this was like unclear to me. I'm, I'm watching three of these movies over the last two days. <laughs> yep. And there didn't seem to be any consistency in terms of like the lore of the world. So uh, I'm watching this Godzilla GMK movie. And I guess we'll get to that when we get to it. But in that movie, very few people acknowledge that Godzilla ever existed. And there's like a lot of skepticism towards whether or not Godzilla is a real creature or just a, a figment of, of legend. And then in something like Return of Godzilla from 1985, they make reference to a previous attack. And I assume that's the attack from the first movie that they're referring to. Yep. And so in that world, that attack is one of the, 
you know, most significant attacks in the history of mankind. So, like, are each of these movies sequels to the original movie? Are they sequels to each other? Is this, like, a Halloween situation where it's, like, a choose-your-own-adventure? Either Michael Myers died in Halloween 4 or he died in Halloween 6 or or he's still alive now. (laughs) You can pick whichever timeline you see fit. Like, what is the logic or, I guess, what is the canon that we're following here? Uh, I mean, it's kind of a maze. I mean, it is very much a choose-your-own-adventure experience. It's weird because the Showa era, I mean, you have the first Godzilla and then they kind of do a sequel with uh, Godzilla Raids again, but then they really stop showing any continuity and it gets confusing. Like you get, because uh, the third one is King Kong versus Godzilla and that one ends with him like falling in the ocean and then you get Mothra versus Godzilla and that one ends with him rising from the earth and you're like, wait, how the hell did he get there? And it gets to a point where they're just like, let's just do random ass stories with Godzilla in them. Mm. Right. And the Showa era is a complete fucking mess mm. um, with varying qualities in their movies. Um, some pretty good, others horrendously bad, um, but fun all the same. And then you get the Heisei era, which begins with God's, uh, the return of Godzilla. And it's the only series to follow a set continuity where every movie is technically a sequel to the previous one. And the first movie is actually a sequel to the Godzilla from 1954. And that's the one we watched today. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the one, like if you're looking for any continuity, I would recommend like in terms of like a string of movies, I would go Godzilla 1954 or Gojira and then just watch the Heisei movies. Got it. Um, but again, then you get the millennium series, which is even weirder. And that one starts with, a movie that is a response to the TriStar Godzilla, which is just meant to be like a spiritual reboot. Doesn't care about continuity. It's just saying, let's just start Godzilla up and have fun, essentially, Mm. but still make a decent movie. And then the sequel was terrible. And then they're like, we got to try again. (laughs) So they said, scrap those other two. Let's do a movie that is an even bigger celebration of Godzilla. And you know, have it say something in heavy quotes, but it's also a sequel to Gojira again, and that's why you get GMK. Mm. And then you get the one after that, which I think is Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, and again, forgets everything, (laughs) and is another sequel. And it has one more after that, which, again, in the continuity of the Millennium series, there are two films that follow each other. Well, well, you have Godzilla 2000, then Godzilla versus Megagarius, and then you have Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, and Godzilla Tokyo SOS. (laughs) Are you following? (laughs) I can't get over these names. I know. I'm sorry. These are incredible titles, dude. This is actually like, I thought Fast and Furious had the best titles for any series. Dude, but I think even. it's number two behind uh, Godzilla Tokyo SOS. Dude, Godzilla versus the smog monster is a thing. <laughs> yeah, man, that might be better than Tokyo Drift. Yeah, I, I think it certainly is. Yeah. <laughs> but what I'm getting at is that there are two different continuities. Well, actually, the first two. Okay, I, I got to do the math in my it head. It sounds now. like five continuities. Am I wrong about <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, I was. Gonna, yeah, the first two Godzilla films in the Millennium series are one continuity. Then GMK is its own. And then you get the next two, which are its own continuity. And then you get Final Wars, which throws everything out the window and just says, let's make a party. 
because it's the last one we're ever going to do, right? It's that's the final that, that, that was no, it's funny. That was the intention, and that was in yeah 2004, and it was the 50th anniversary, and they're like. Was it the 50th? I think it was the 40th, actually. 50th Mm. or the 40th. Um, But they say, we don't care anymore. Let's just have fun with the universe that is Godzilla and go out and never speak of it again for 12 years. It's the longest hiatus they ever went on until they made Shin Godzilla. And then they kind of restarted the Toho movies again. I see. Okay. Does Toho do anything else? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They do. They've released a, a... fair few of kurosawa films i think they did um oh, Seven right? samurai yeah oh yeah no they, oh, they're wow. they're pretty prolific in japan they're not like they haven't been acquired by like like american studios or anything but you know they're in in foreign cinema i would say they're one of the most iconic uh movie distributors okay but this is how they pay their bills godzilla is like the the big blockbuster popcorn movies <laughs> essentially okay <laughs> i dig it okay uh so the five movies you picked today, you picked them because they each represent a specific era of the Godzilla franchise. And in your estimation, they are the best installment of each era. Yes. I I would like to stress that not all of them are necessarily my favorites, but I think collectively uh, they are kind of considered to be the best. However, if you want to understand all of Godzilla, we didn't necessarily nominate enough. And okay. I, I'm not saying we we're going <laughs> to nominate more, but because of by the sheer fact that there are, I certain, don't have an understanding of Godzilla yet. Is that what you're telling me? You have a very good understanding of Godzilla at this point, but you don't have the full picture. That's oh, what boy. I will say. Oh, you God. didn't, you didn't see every flavor that Godzilla has been. I would say that like when I go through my honorable mentions, those are all the films you would need to see to get an idea and everything else you can kind of cut out. Oh, man. What were some of those honorable mentions? All right. So from the Showa era, the honorable mentions are King Kong versus Godzilla from 1962. Mothra vs. Godzilla from 1964. Destroy All Monsters from 1968. And of course, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 1974. That's yeah. just the Showa era. Right. Let's go to the Heisei era now. Those, by the way, are all <laughs> movies that I've heard good things about. That I just listed? Yeah. More or less. I mean, um, King Kong versus Godzilla is kind of dumb, but like so much fun. It's hard to deny, even though it's not technically all that great. It's like, it's fucking King Kong versus Godzilla. Just love it. <laughs> just shut up and love it. Anyway, <laughs> but you're right. Of, of the Showa era, those are definitely the best. And I think they give you a well-rounded view, plus the ones that are already on the list. Okay. And then you get the Heisei era. And uh, the most well-rounded view of that and the best would be Godzilla vs. Biollante from 1989, Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah in 1991, and Godzilla vs. Desotroya from 1995, the year of our birth. Great wow. time it was. I know. And King Ghidorah appears in uh, Godzilla GMK, which we're talking about later today. He appears I- in many versions. He's a, the arch nemesis of Godzilla, in fact. Yeah, I was a little unclear on the mythology there, but I guess we'll get to it when we get to it. GMK is not entirely sure of it either. Don't worry. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, and then, of course, the Millennium Series. And you really only need Godzilla 2000 and Godzilla Final Wars. Godzilla 2000, I really like. Uh, the only reason I didn't nominate it is because technically it's better. It's not as good, rather, as GMK, but it's one of my favorites. So, yeah, there's there's a lot to be said, man. 
And again, when talking about each era, it's interesting to see how Godzilla becomes uh, a, a symbol for mass destruction to an antihero to a fucking superhero where he's fist bumping and <laughs> laughing and doing like like cheer moves in the air. <laughs> Like he's been everything. And that's one of the reasons why I'm actually excited to talk about this is because I think this is, at least for my money, the, the most interesting film franchise ever conceived, at, at least in its evolution. Well, I mean, it has a lot of installments, so I guess there's a lot of room for intrigue. Um, yeah. I'll be honest. I don't know if I saw a ton of variation from movie to movie. Not with these ones. What I, what I do think is that they each represent a specific era a film and so i'm not so much concerned about like the design of godzilla or like what special effects they used or anything like that or even like the music choices which each you know they they used relatively similar music i think from movie to movie um i'm I'm interested in that like the return of godzilla felt like an 80s movie Mm-hmm. And Godzilla GMK felt like an early 2000s movie. Yep. And that original Godzilla feels like a 50s movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that was actually pretty interesting that even movies from Japan across the Pacific Ocean still sort of follow the familiar beats that American filmmaking did yep. over the decades. Uh, and I, I guess I don't know why I suspected that that wouldn't be the case, but it certainly was the case, especially yes. with that 80s movie. Like there mm. were just a lot of familiar '80s tropes that I saw in that. Oh, so yeah. I think like if you want a, a franchise that sort of walks you through a bunch of eras of blockbuster filmmaking, this is about as good as you can get because it's been there every step of the way, right? Oh God, yeah. Like I said, because of its just its sheer length and age, you know, I think it it spans a, like an interesting history of film in a lot of ways. But again, this is the, my my favorite kinds of movies are the ones that distinguish themselves from era but they clearly are of that same family and that becomes very evident even when we get to shin godzilla which i mean we'll go into that but it's interesting how how much that one could change the game but at the same time still clearly be a godzilla film yeah so i i yeah i have i mean yeah i have a lot to say you know cool uh some good some bad but that's just the nature of godzilla man (laughs) cool so where are we going first well, we are doing a quick overview. We've already talked about this one, but Godzilla or Gojira from 1954. And that, of course, is the original, the first one ever. And the synopsis for that, and being transparent here, uh, a fire-breathing behemoth terrorizes Japan after an atomic bomb awakens it from its centuries-old sleep. We talked about this movie already on the podcast when we yep. did class in 1954 and I think I surprised you when I said that I actually quite enjoyed this movie yeah. the first time I watched it. Um, and I still feel the same way about it. I, I think um, like any of these movies, there is a fair amount of just sci-fi BS, uh, the oxygen collider or whatever the hell it's called. It's the oxygen destroyer. Okay. Nico. Okay. <laughs> I don't like you getting these facts wrong. I mean, it's just like a ridiculous plot device. It's yes. really silly. And to think that Godzilla is one of the great films ever made and for it to also contain a, an oxygen destroyer <laughs> as its deus ex machina is, you know, they're not necessarily contrary ideas, but it, I don't know. Something does not compute. Well, again, like that, that's 
Yeah, so you have to take it for what it is at the time in which it came out. Like there are dated elements to this movie. It's not it's it's one of those like flawed masterpieces that I always point to. But like there's something kind of charming about that. Again, like sometimes time capsule pieces don't age well, but other times they just are so fascinating to observe. And one of the things I like about that particular detail is how it references um um Oppenheimer and his relationship towards the atomic bomb and oh, how that okay. the entire purpose of the oxygen destroyer is a scientist proud of something he's done, but at the same time afraid to use any of it. Right. And th- to those who did use it, he felt, um, you know, great regret. And to the point where it's like he, he, he would have been happier had he never come along in this world to do such a thing. And I think that's actually wonderfully expressed and interestingly d- done by the Japanese who were kind of aware that this guy probably felt uh, a tremendous amount of a regret for bringing such a horrible creation to this this earth. But again, the movie sort of has its cake and eats it too, where it not only covers that idea, but then, of course, Godzilla himself, which is just this expression of anger and frustration that the Japanese people were having towards what happened to them during the war. And this is just them showing them how you know, traumatized they are. And it's so wonderfully executed. I mean, I watched all these films again just because I wanted to because watching Godzilla films is a treat for me. <laughs> um <laughs> And I was, again, like, I was just like, because again, sometimes I watch a movie for the first time and I'm just like, I'm worried that maybe like the veneer of, oh my God, I'm seeing a classic is is over me. And then I watched it again. I'm like, these scenes of destruction and Godzilla just being Godzilla are, I don't think they've ever been better. They're absolutely horrifying and it plays it very straight and it's serious. And it's like, oh God, like I totally understand where the filmmakers are coming from here. You're a hundred percent right. They are actually the most effective scenes of destruction in the entire series, at least by my estimation. Uh, uh, Certainly of these five movies, I don't think I've ever been that shook by Godzilla stepping on a building than in this movie. And I don't know if that's because they had less to work with. So it's like, you know, it's in black and white. Uh, They're they're shooting this, uh, these on like very old cameras. Mm -hmm. So it's harder to see the seams just because of the, the definition and fidelity that you're dealing with. But Still, I think the craft here is magnificent. And the first time I watched this movie and the mom and daughter are in the corner just shaking and clutching each other as Godzilla is destroying everything around them is super effective. Mm -hmm. And to see like those scenes played for laughs in other movies or just played for action and spectacle in other movies, um, I just couldn't help but think back to this first movie and be like, yeah, this is the best that it's ever been done however many movies later what they're over 40 movies at this point <laughs> they're they're coming up on 40 movies they're approaching 70 years and 40 movies so of all the godzilla movies you've seen the first one still does the best job of getting the the wreckage right there are two entries that like again and it, it's on this list that the it's there's only one other one that comes remotely close for me Mm-hmm. And like I said, like I said, it's it's also my my favorite. Where so I some I actually on rewatch again, I'm like, fuck, this is a good movie. Yes, and and yeah, I bounce back and forth on that one and um and this one. But I think you know, I, I I would be ashamed if I said that it's not this one in a way. I I mean, and a lot of that is due to like the the amount of attention that is just given to the human reaction to the events, like you said, with the mom clutching her daughters, or even just like the the when Godzilla comes to the island and and this little boy's family is just 
literally stepped on mm. literally and and just him responding to that in the rain is is you know deeply impactful and and, and memorable and i think it's it's a, it's this wonderful like nightmarish scene that happens and you don't fully get a glimpse of godzilla but you know he's there and the entire movie it's just got a wonderful atmosphere that's just it feels like like post-nuclear era which is really creepy to say but it's true Mm -hmm. and also just the editing i realized on this movie i was actually surprised by how good the editing is which is also surprising because this movie came out in 1954 and there are entries on this list that are not as well edited yeah certainly i agree 100 percent. yeah and that's what i thought during every single movie i'm watching them and i'm like oh i kind of just want to watch the original godzilla Mm -hmm. as silly as it is and uh, there are some silly ideas but that stuff is sort of secondary to the spectacle of all of it. Um, yep. And that that's not to say that the characters are bad. Like the characters here are actually yeah. very good. Um, yeah, I agree. And the thematic stuff is also incredibly strong. I don't think there's another movie on this list with that sense of dread and, uh, and depression and sorrow. Um, Godzilla quite, is, yeah. is just a catalyst for pain and destruction and he is nothing more nothing less yep and that's what i appreciate it uh, about it so much it's just it doesn't pull punches it is like the most honest version of a monster movie you you could possibly have right yeah and i think again aside from there's again there's one other entry that i think is in competition i really love that other one and we'll get there but uh uh yeah this one it it, i mean I, i I can't imagine it getting much better than this. This is about as this is about as good as you would want it to be. You know, this mm-hmm. should be the standard. It's unfortunately it is not, but uh, it's 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 nice that we have this one to look back on. And I should say, directed by the great Ishiro Honda, who made a good collection of kaiju films, some good, some bad, and starring uh, Akari Taka Takarada. I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> Momoko Kachi, and the great Takashi Shimura. Okay. Yeah. Who's very good as the doctor in this. Oh yeah, he's awesome. He's he's yeah. he's quite good. Also in also awesome in uh, Seven Samurai. Yeah. I'd also like to note by the way, not uh well received by Japan when it came out. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised by that. Yeah, they thought it was like almost exploitative. They were where they were not happy by the fact that uh they, they were even talking about th- this particular subject matter and they were actually they actually gave it like a significant amount of shit for a long time. And then uh, King of the Monsters came out in, in America, which is just the American re-edited release, and they loved it. America is, in, in a way, the reason why uh, j- j- uh, Japanese critics sort of took back their words and said, oh, well, if they like it, maybe there's something to it. <laughs> Man, foreign so, movie audiences are so strange. Mm-hmm. This happens all the time. I, I don't know why America is such the gold standard, and it's not like, uh, you know, they're they're watching The Godfather with veracity or citizen kane it's like you know the fast and furious movies or the avengers movies or titanic Mm -hmm. they are beloved around the world i I don't know what it is about uh, american action movies i think they think that that's the stuff that we like clamor for and they 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 feel like we have no irony about it I mean, even if they're good movies, sometimes it's like well, even even the best movies like that, we still will look at it and be like, yeah, but it's not The Godfather, like you said. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, and also we're not that way with other country cinema. I mean, no. like some cinephiles are, you know, people like you who like the French New Wave or whatever. But mainstream audiences, if they learn that a movie is massive in Japan, are not going to go out and watch that movie. No. 
a foreign film has not won Best Picture until this year, you know? Was Parasite the first one where we kind of went, oh, maybe we should give that one a try? <laughs> I, I Kind of. I mean, it made like yeah. 40 million at the box office or whatever, 50 million. So, I mean, that's a good return, but it, it was at not our box like a... It yeah. made a lot of money, though. No, that, that that is a decent amount of money. And Parasite is certainly a watershed moment for foreign cinema, but it, it is... It, it does like not have the magnitude of, of Fast and Furious in China, you know? Didn't it make like over a hundred million something? What the hell did it make? Parasite made a hundred million in America? No, no, not in America, just like overall. I'm trying to figure out what it was. I'll give you the exact number. Let me see. Um, it made on an $11 million budget, $250 million worldwide. Dude, it's pretty awesome. Good for Bong, man. <laughs> Holy shit. And made 53 in, in the United States. That's really good for a movie like that, dude. It's as good as it gets for a it's movie a, like that. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> a movie is starring Koreans and written and directed by a Korean in the Korean language. Yeah. With sensibilities of Korea. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, yeah. About yeah. exactly. About Korean society. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. I got a great tweet yesterday from a listener. <laughs> Because oh, the, no. the uh, coach of the, uh, I, I won't go too much into the NFL draft, but the coach of the Arizona Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, his war room, you know, mo- most of the GMs and coaches were just like hanging out in their basement with their kids and they were very like uh, humble rooms, humble war rooms. Cliff Kingsbury was there in front of a c- completely glass wall <laughs> with this beautiful like backyard, perfect <laughs> shrubbery. <laughs> cabanas everywhere fire pit and he's there with this button down white shirt man cleavage showing shoes with no socks it was like a gq cover shoot essentially and i got a tweet from a listener that was like finally someone bought the parasite house <laughs> oh, that's it was the most aspirational image of any man i've ever seen in my life that guy sounds like a slave owner <laughs> He's no, he no, he sounds like Ryan Gosling is what he sounds like. Dude, the picture with let me see if I could get this to you right I, now. I, I'm just thinking of Don Johnson in uh Django Unchained. No, 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 no. This is it. I need to see what he looks like. This is it. Oh, oh shit. That's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, the parasite house. Is that an NFL coach? It doesn't look like one to me. <laughs> just, that looks like freaking Brad Pitt. Dude, like Bill Belichick is 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 Oscar the Grouch. He lives in a trash can. <laughs> they showed Dave Gettleman, the GM. I, I'll talk about this on another podcast, but the GM of the Giants is in his basement behind a giant monitor. You can't even see his face. And he puts on a mask, even though he's alone in his own house. <laughs> and meanwhile, this guy's out there. It looks like he has four porn stars in the backyard. Well, good for him. So handsome. Cliff Kingsbury, man. I want to live like that. Yeah, don't we all? It, it is the Parasite House, literally. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's Godzilla. I like it a lot. All right. Well, that's one movie. Let's get to the You're next one. You're doing great one. so far, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yes. That is the best of the Showa era, even though it hardly represents the Showa era, unfortunately. But then we get to the Heisei era in 1984 with the return of Godzilla. And that is directed by Koji Hashimoto, starring Ken, believe it or not, Ken (laughs) Tanaka, uh, Yasuki Sawaguchi, and Yosuke Natsuki. I love these names. 
Uh, you mean the, the outfielder for the New York Yankees? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Anyway. Uh, the, <laughs> Jesus. The news of Godzilla's return is kept secret by the Japanese government to avoid panic until Godzilla attacks a second time and destroys a Soviet nuclear submarine. However, the Russians believe the attack was orchestrated by the Americans and a diplomatic crisis ensues, which threatens to escalate into nuclear war. Yes. What's the difference between this and Godzilla 1985? Because you told me not to watch that one. That is, again, the American re-edit, re-release. It's very similar. It was, I actually saw that one before this. And it's one of the early like blockbuster movies I ever saw. And this is probably... I want to say the, the Godzilla 1985 specifically was the third Godzilla film I think I ever saw. Okay. And I remember being very, very young and really loving it. Like, I mean, loving it. And then I was, and then I ended up seeing Return of Godzilla a little bit later and thinking it was tremendously better. But I hadn't um, uh, seen it in a very, very long time. So I was like, okay, let's let's give it a rewatch because I have no idea how this one's going to hold up. I have a pretty good idea of how the newer ones hold up, but not so much this one. It's in a weird gray area. And yeah, I gave it another rewatch, and I'm. It, not as many details hold up, unfortunately. That's for sure. Um, uh, I, it's it. That being said, it's a hard movie for me not to admire, at least for what it's going for, and at least in terms of being a course correction for Godzilla, I think it's tremendously good, and I think it accomplishes everything it's trying to go for quite well, and sets a very good standard for the Godzilla films to come, because essentially after this, you stop getting Godzilla, you know, doing like, like barrel rolls in the air and doing fucking kung fu moves, which are just so bad, man. I need to see Godzilla do some kung fu. You got to see the Godzilla power slide where he literally defies gravity, jumps up into the air and moves like this horizontally. Wow. It's amazing. Anyone who's a Godzilla fan and listening to this knows what I'm talking about. I know we have a fair few listeners who are Godzilla fans, so let's I'm, keep going. I'm in. <laughs> you would love it. But yes, this one set a very good precedent. Uh, it's got a lot of technical problems. Um, I realized <laughs> it's um, there are some special effects that are remarkably bad. You don't say. I was particularly with that with that gigantic trilobite at the beginning. Um, it has. By the um, way, which was just a face hugger ripoff, right? I, I guess it doesn't really do a lot of face hugger shit. It just, but I suppose you're right. Yeah. Um, and I would also like to comment that the editing needs some serious work in this movie. Oh my God. The movie has, I don't even know how many moments where I'm just like, and cut. Nope. Mm. Not cutting. Mm. Okay. And cut. Ah, mm -hmm. shit. Not cutting. Um, I, aside from that though, I think, in a, in a way, there's some really great things about this film. I think it's a very good movie, especially in regards to being a Cold War film. I think it accomplishes uh, that paranoia quite well, and it looks and feels that way. And again, previous to, or before, before this, I mean, a lot of the Godzilla films did not have this kind of dreadful atmosphere, and they weren't, then they were afraid to go this dark, and uh, they pulled a lot of punches the, the only time they didn't really was the original and um i would say the scenes of destruction are awesome and they're not exactly played for fun as much they're when godzilla's stomping around he's quite menacing and i loved that and overall uh i still really like the movie but it's 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 very flawed 
Uh, yeah, I didn't like this movie very much. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that thing at the beginning, yeah, just screamed face hugger. Um, the uh, the X machine. What was his name? Super X. Super X. Yeah. Yeah, that's just like Terminator shit. <laughs> what do you mean Terminator that's shit? It's just Ape and Terminator, man. It's like the 80s and Terminator was huge and everybody wanted to be Terminator. It doesn't feel like Terminator. There's it, lasers, but they're no. it's not Terminator at all. I mean, it's not Arnold, I guess, but like Dude, the idea <laughs> of Godzilla fighting a robot was very 80s. That's all I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> I guess so. I wouldn't necessarily say Terminator specifically. Okay, maybe not Terminator specifically, but same genre. I mean, this honestly just felt like another shitty 80s movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm not sure there's anything more to it. Uh, it feels like a movie that we would have covered on Why Is This a Thing? And we have covered on Why Is This a Thing several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, schlocky, uh, you know, soap operatic acting, lots of zooms and pans. Yeah. Music choices were so 80s, dude. Yep. So 80s. And like the human drama was neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, it's it, it, it doesn't really get interesting, I guess, until like I would say when when the the japanese prime minister is trying to make decisions on how to use nuclear weapons the problem is though from our perspective we only have the english dub which is so bad i didn't get the dub i had the subtitles you found oh my god you actually found holy shit dude good for you wait it's Um, hard to find yeah it's hard to find oh i'll I'll get it to you then okay yeah the 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 um the english dub of this movie is really bad and Mm -hmm. i I don't know what they were thinking because they have like william shatner-esque pauses it's terrible (laughs) um i i didn't watch a single dubbed version for this all the ones i watched were were subtitled yeah good (laughs) that's what you should have done um yeah, no, I, I I don't know. I I disagree a little bit though. Like again, I find the thematic stuff quite impactful and quite well realized. Again, you in, did. Terms of, in terms of being a Cold War film and the human element behind it and just that level of anxiety, I thought it was pretty well realized here. And again, I also love the fact that this is birthed out of sort of the original essence of what Godzilla was, where it's that skepticism or fear of the uh, nuclear power. Mm-hmm. So they're very much going back to that in a way that I thought was deeply effective and, you know, prevalent to the time. And it was, it was nice to see. And like I said, I think I, I just had a ton of fun with this one, even when, even though like the, the, the scenes of destruction are not necessarily as much fun as like, say, um, um, Jesus, what's it like destroy all monsters, I guess mm-hmm. it's not really going for that. It's going for more of like this dominating foreboding presence. And I just cite scenes where, you know, Godzilla first comes out and he's in like that lock and he just blasts the shit out of all those tanks that are just firing at him in like one clean swoop and the scenes where he's just like grabbing the, uh, the train and he just kind of casually chucks it aside and stuff like that. And I think the movie's got lots of wonderful moments like that. So I'll tell you what though, it took too long to get to Godzilla. I think that, it was like 40 minutes in, Godzilla finally appeared, and I'm like, God, I don't care about these journalists. I Nico, don't care about any of this. I hate to tell you, but that's every Godzilla movie. <laughs> I No, I didn't feel that way about GMK, though. Uh, it takes longer to get to Godzilla in GMK. It takes about the 35, 38-minute mark, and it takes like 20 minutes to get to Godzilla in... Uh, I don't uh, think that's right, dude. I don't think yes, you're right about that. 
Yeah, no, yes I am. The first appearance of Godzilla in this is at the nuclear power plant, right? That's the first full appearance. I mean, you don't get any Godzilla in uh, in uh, GMK until, yeah, about like 35 minutes. But you get Just, Mothra a little earlier on. I mean, you, you, you get, get some stuff. Yeah, yeah you get some stuff. You get like tiny glimpses, though. You don't, you, hardly anything. Like, you get a lot of like like great teases of Godzilla in this one. But again, I think the, the bigger issue with this movie is just the editing. I don't come down on as much in this movie. I again, the human drama, I can take it or leave it. Um I think the again, the the thematic stuff is quite strong. Uh I think the production's pretty good. I don't mind the snap zooms. There's a few that are annoying, but for the most part it's cool. The music's bad aside from the the main <sighs> score. The main so score. Bad. The score is good though. I actually really like the score. I mean, I still wish they had used more of the Akira uh, uh, Ifukube score, which is you know obviously wonderful and iconic. But um, yeah, it, it th- this one works pretty well for the tone that they're going for. And again, a pretty consistent tone throughout. Aside from again that music, the music just doesn't work for me. Um, but again, like I I love every scene with Godzilla, and um, I have to say. Uh, yeah, the only thing that really brings it down for me on rewatch, I noticed, was that uh, kind of weird editing. I I think yes, that's part of it. I I think the special effects were very ungood. Uh, again, very eighties. Felt like a relic of that era. Um, the first appearance of Godzilla in that nuclear power plant, I found totally underwhelming. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the guy just walks out of the power plant and Godzilla. He just hears like a, a shake and Godzilla's just standing right in front of him. It's like, <laughs> yeah, bro, you didn't see this dude coming. He's like the size of two skyscrapers. Like no it. one just peeked out the window. Oh, why is it so cloudy outside? <laughs> oh, why can't I see anything? Sun's not poking through, you know, and you're hearing just vibrations the entire way, but you don't see him until he's literally 10 feet away from your face. It's ridiculous. I can, I'll give it a pass. I mean, that's like movie logic. That's in, I mean, I've seen that in Jurassic Park for God's sakes. It's like you didn't see the T Rex standing right next to you. Okay, that's the T Rex comp- wasn't standing right next to him in Jurassic Park. You see the shaking of the glass of water first. No, I'm I'm talking about when he eats the Velociraptor. It's like, yeah, you didn't see that thing coming. The Velociraptor is not Godzilla. No, I'm talking about the T Rex. When? At the very end, right when everyone's about to die, the T Rex comes out of fucking nowhere, comes out of the closet, and just eats him. And it's like. Oh. Not quite the same. Uh, pretty close. The T Rex is a little more agile in that movie too, man. He's a little quicker on his feet. Stop it, Nico. Yeah, <laughs> you know I'm right, <laughs> and that's okay. That's that is cinematic effect, and it's it's in every movie. It's like I don't come down on it that hard. What I did come down on is how the scene resolved with the birds, and I'm like, all right, yeah, like, that was ridiculous. The that that's just lured him away. It's like that's kind of dumb but whatever He's feasting on a nuclear power plant it's like an all-you-can-eat buffet over there for godzilla and the birds are the ones that distract him i love all that stuff and i love the way the scene is constructed and i love when the guys are just watching him do his thing and trying to observe him and being kind of horrified by it that stuff is all good but like there are just like weird janky details that seem little but when you actually watch it it's just like ooh, that was bad like i said with the birds for example and then that comic relief hobo character can fuck off oh yeah. i ha- hated that character um but again like <laughs> well like like again another awesome instance like in in the wake of the godzilla mayhem like when he's uh um uh, fighting Super X and it finally lands and all he does to stop it is just push a building aside and it just falls <laughs> off. I love that. It's just like, fuck you Super X. That, that's good yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, 
I, I don't mind. It, belo- it belongs in the eighties. I think it should stay there. Oh yeah, that, yeah. that's my take on Return of Godzilla, man. Oh, it's got its issues. Don't worry. But yeah. uh, uh, I I still like it quite a bit. And I think I don't think the special effects have aged as poorly. I mean, especially in the wake of other Godzilla films, this one's. Uh, certainly one of the better ones honestly the show mm. era is rough man um but yeah this one i i uh i quite like i think I, I i admire it just as much as i like it i'm sort of right there with it okay fair enough yeah this i think is my least favorite of the five wow okay yeah. you know really yeah okay yep interesting all right interesting interesting um Let's move on then to good old 2001 with uh, Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters, All Out Attack. That's the 26th film, by the way. And I also wanted to mention Godzilla or The Return of Godzilla is the 16th film. So um, now we're on to the 26th. And uh, that there one were is 10 movies in between these two. Yeah, man. Man, they made a lot of Godzilla movies. I know. I know. Uh, this one is directed by Suzuki K- Kaneko, and it's starring uh, Chiharu uh, Nayama and Ryudo Uzaki. And the basic synopsis for this one is, three monsters battle the giant lizard to prevent it from destroying Japan. Boom. Simple, to the point. I love it. Okay. Uh, who wants to go first? Um... <laughs> I was, Let me ask this, you this. Why why did you pick this movie? Okay, cuz the other options essentially were Godzilla 2000 or uh Godzilla Final Wars. You could not have handled Final Wars. I didn't want to do that to you. Why? Uh, why couldn't I have handled it? Uh, we're not going to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> that movie is um uh makes extra like shake. And if you talk about overdoing something in a movie, you don't know what overdoing is. You don't know what excessive is until you've seen Godzilla Final Wars. Okay. Um, it's amazing. <laughs> but um, this movie, um, it, it, when I was looking at all the other ones in the Millennium series, I was like, what's the one that like actually stands out to me as like, I guess, the understands what it is the most while still uh, goes for it and chooses to have fun. It's just the most well-rounded experience. And I still said this, even though I don't think it's my favorite. I think Godzilla 2000 is my favorite. And you honestly probably liked it a little bit more. But if I had to be honest, if I'm ranking the Millennium series, this one is probably still the best of the bunch. Um, My basic thoughts on the movie. Um, They really make stretches to bring Godzilla back. Uh, I think the spiritual element of the souls of Japan is absolutely ridiculous. Um, I think the special effects are incredible while the visual effects are ass. Um, that being said, this movie is so badass. I don't give a shit. (laughs) I don't give a fuck about any of that. This movie is so fucking awesome. And it is, (laughs) it is the most fun, brutal version of Godzilla that I've ever seen. It takes a lot of liberties with some of the characters it it chooses to portray, uh, Mothra is not exactly Mothra and uh, King Ghidorah is definitely not King Ghidorah but so what this movie doesn't give a fuck it does a great job at revitalizing the Millennium series because beforehand uh, Megaguirus really took a hit on it and everyone hated it because it's not good um, but this movie just says 
guys, fuck it. Let's just have fun with it. We'll give a little pretense of bringing Godzilla back thematically, but really it's just a monster brawler. And in the wake of many, many monster brawlers that represent the kaiju genre and Godzilla films, this is one of the better ones. I love this movie. All right, let me take a run at the plot and you tell Go me. Go ahead. How, <laughs> Go how, right ahead. <laughs> you tell me how right on I am about this. So uh, Godzilla comes out of the ocean mm-hmm. and so does Mothra and so does like this gopher thing. This, wh- what's the gopher thing? The, the, the weird dinosaur gopher thing? Yeah. That is with the horn? Yeah. That is Baragon. Okay. So they all like come out and they try fighting Godzilla. And Godzilla like kills all of them <laughs> yep, because Godzilla just kicks their ass, man. He's like, he he's bigger than campus. Yes. He might as well be wearing a varsity jacket and shoving these guys in lockers, dude, because they just can't hang. <laughs> That's literally how he's represented in the movie. He's just a fucking asshole. He's a jerk. Right. Yeah. And he just picks on all the smaller monsters. And it's like, why is it a surprise, man? Mothra's literally a moth. Like yep. I swap moths all the time. Godzilla has been defeated by Mothra twice. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. It happens, man. Man, Godzilla must have been really off his game, dude. That's like Floyd Mayweather not showing up for a, for a boxing match. Yep. Okay. Uh, well, all right. So Mothra got killed by a... By a or <laughs> Godzilla got killed by a moth several times. Well, that's Good why a lot, lot of people, when they saw this one, were like, no, Mothra died. That's not supposed to happen because she's usually like the hero. And she's like the guardian of Earth, and she's uh. very much the good guy. And that's why Ghidorah almost always gets his fucking ass kicked. Even though he puts up a good fight, Ghidorah just gets his ass handed to him all the time because he's the villain. He's supposed uh. to be the villain, not the hero. Okay. Just saying. Just oh, saying. I, didn't, I didn't realize that. I didn't know Mothra was a good guy. Ghid- yeah, Mothra is almost always the good guy and she's like sort of an she's sort of indifferent in this one doesn't really care but that's just how it is but when mothra died here the spirit of mothra was then taken on by Ghidorah. yep which is actually kind of to king Ghidorah. he was already king Ghidorah, but uh yeah mothra has like like healing rejuvenation powers that she uses every once in a while she's actually used them to uh help and save godzilla before so Okay. So who are the good guys and bad guys here then? In terms of the monsters, there really are no straightforward good guys, but I can tell you the bad guy is Godzilla. Right. Yes. But I mean, the, the rest of them do their fair share of damage as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I that's mean, you know what I mean? They're not innocent in all this. Well, that's why, what I'm saying is that like they're they're sort of indifferent. This this take on them is like they're they're just there to protect Earth, not so much humanity. And in order to do that, they have to stop Godzilla because he's being. What are they protecting Earth from? Godzilla? It's like their home, but yeah, like Godzilla is like this like like virus that they want to get rid of. Got it. And they have yet to succeed at this. Yeah, they they sucked actually. They did a pretty horrendous job. Right, they do pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, Look, man, uh, moth spirits, uh, fucking ghosts in the woods, (laughs) biker gangs. There's literally evil biker gangs. Uh, I told you, know, you to turn your brain off a hundred percent for this one, dude. I did, man. <laughs> like this is this is what I wanted out of the Godzilla movies. Oh, this did is you like- it, man. Yeah. Okay. Wipes good. all over the place. So many wipes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, the wipes. They're ridiculous. I love it. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Come on, dude. Hell yeah. Yep. 
like film crews going out there and fabricating a story yep <laughs> give me more I love that that subplot of them just trying to tell the news story, but constantly getting beat to shit by the monsters. It's right. Great. And they just can't make it. They just can't yeah. get the shot they need. Dude, it's I love awesome. a movie where a journalist just can't get the shot. It's great. Yep. It's just a great. It's just a great plot device. Yep. Uh, wow. Yeah, man. Uh, sure. Yeah, fine. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Give me more. I'm cool with this. Look, this is like. My, I, I don't want to keep going to Fast and Furious, but like this is my early 2000s Fast and Furious vibe. This is what I like about Too Fast, Too Furious. Again, mm-hmm. it feels like an early 2000s action movie, and there were so many silly ones. Ben Affleck was in a bunch of them in the early 2000s. Uh, you know, Vin Diesel was in a ton of them in the early 2000s. And yeah, it, it just brought me back to when I was 12 years old and I was watching yep. some of these shit movies. And if they came out today, you would never... Uh, pay them uh, any attention but yeah as a time capsule piece time and a place i felt a lot of nostalgia for the early 2000s that's the thing is that even if like you you don't even need to look at it as as a time capsule piece like if you're just watching it for like the monster mayhem it's so much fun this movie has like i i can't stress enough how fucking awesome the monster fights are in this movie they are just just the the way they're filmed the 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 amount of shake with every like impact that happens godzilla just being brutal as all hell like instead of just swiping his enemies he's like picking them up and chucking them on the ground and shit (laughs) and then he's like he's using his atomic breath all the time like way too much and it's just like dope it's just like the most badass version of this it's the best version of the godzilla brawlers that i've seen because every once in a while you'll get them and they just look so cheesy and dumb and it's very obviously two people in a suit and i'm just like what the fuck is this whereas this movie says we're gonna like have them kill each other for the love of god and even though the visual effects are completely terrible we're gonna do a lot of nice details to make the special effects and the practicality of it all feel very believable so like when trees get toppled over those are actual miniatures shot just at the right way or when godzilla just comes out of nowhere and just punches a hole in the side of a mountain and kills everyone (laughs) (laughs) you have never seen that before the mountain actually getting destroyed going through the mountain you ever heard someone just say fuck this mountain i'm gonna punch through it Man, that's a far cry from the early 2000s where just Godzilla peeked out from behind the hill. Yeah. Now just he's thing, walking yeah. straight through it. It's great. Oh, I love it. And it's funny. It's so funny when he does that. Just the movie self-awareness is great. Dude, when the girl is in the hospital bed, okay. she's laying there with a the broken leg. This killed me. There, there's this girl in a hospital bed and she sees Godzilla coming her way and, they, and she has a broken leg and it's like this really disturbing image of this she's screaming but can't get out of the hospital bed can't run she just is you know uh accepting her fate essentially godzilla then passes the hospital bed window and she thinks she's in the clear before godzilla's tail swoops in (laughs) (laughs) knocking the hospital down and ostensibly killing our hero uh incredible Yep. incredible stuff and you're right the use of miniatures here is so much better than in return i i couldn't get over how terrible the miniatures were mm. in the 80s version and this one yeah at least they take the uh, the practical effects uh seriously even if the visual effects are not so serious and that's the thing i have to admit because like, i don't think the miniatures are as bad as you're claiming in 1984 but like Dude, they're pretty they're- bad man 
no, they're not. They're actually, I think they're pretty impressive for the most part. But it, the, it's like, it's hard to deny like here. They're just like next level stuff. So, yeah, I love them. Um, yeah, it, it's it's just a fun action movie. Th- there are, are no horror elements really at all. No. Um, th- you know, there's no mood here. There's no vibe. No. It's just monsters beating each other up and carnage ensues. And, yes. uh, you know, given the title, this is exactly what I was expecting. And I think I got exactly what I was expecting. Yep. Um, is this a masterpiece? Certainly not. But <laughs> no. Nope. Yeah, I dig it. Th- this is this is more in my wheelhouse than I think some other movies on the list today. Yeah, I know. Well, that's the thing. I, I wasn't I wasn't. In- <laughs> There's a bit of me that was like, oh, okay, like, is this a good idea to nominate this? And then I thought, I think I did think of your love for Fast and Furious and a few other ones and Pacific Rim and stuff like that. And I was Hell like, yeah. okay, maybe he'll like this one. Cause I had a feeling you would like this one more than Return. I certainly thought that. Yeah. So, and I'm glad you did. And I'm glad you knew what this was for the love of God. Well, with a title like Godzilla, yeah. Mothra, and King Ghidorah, <laughs> giant monsters all out attack. I mean, yes. You know? Yeah. It's not exactly the English patient. No, <laughs> in terms of titles, I don't understand the science of this Godzilla. Could you explain? Yeah. Shh, 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 shh. Just watch. Just watch. And by it. the way, so the 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 logic here is that Godzilla is imbued with the spirits of fallen soldiers. Yeah, and I don't know. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is, but, like, why, I'm not entirely sure. So they're pissed off, and they're just like, all right, Godzilla, kill these fools? <laughs> they're like, uh, Japan, you've forgotten all about us. Go, we're going to unleash our lizard thing on you. All right. Fine. <laughs> I accept the move, it. This movie is awesome. I love it to death. Uh, fuck yeah. I'm glad you, I'm glad you liked it for what it was. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, All right. You you may not hear such complimentary things about the next movie on the list. That's fine. I don't care. Uh, I I like this one more than the next entry anyway, so you're fine. You're fine there. Mm. Let's get to the 30th film in the franchise, which is Godzilla 2014, directed by Gareth Edwards, starring Aaron Taylor Johnson, Brian Cranston, Ken Watanabe, Elizabeth Olsen, Sally Hawkins, Juliet Binoche, and David Strathairn. I think that's how you say his name. Strathairn. Strathairn, I don't know. Ford Brody, a Navy bomb expert, has just uh, (laughs) reunited. Brody! Shut up. Has just. (laughs) That's his name? Yes. His name is Ford Brody? (laughs) Brody. Like Brody from Jaws. Wow, dude. Get over it. And his brother, Chrysler Hawkins. Get over it, Nico. Ford Brody. I'm trying to read the synopsis here, goddammit. Oh my god, dude. By the way, did you mention Brian Cranston as part of the cast? Because I don't think that counts. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to put him on that list, dude. Oh, shut up. It's, it's a I, cameo, maybe. I am reading the synopsis. Read the synopsis. I don't want to cramp your style here. Go ahead. <laughs> Ford Brody. Oh, man. A Navy bomb expert has just reunited with his family in San Francisco when he is forced to go to Japan to help his estranged father, Joe. Soon, both men are swept up in an escalating crisis when Godzilla arises from the sea to combat malevolent adversaries that threaten the survival of humanity. Who names their son Ford? I don't know. 
You will. I will not. <laughs> I definitely will not. Yes, you will. Go ahead. Defend this movie. Say what you're going to say. All right. I rewatched this movie last night. Oh. Uh, uh, thinking about you the entire way through. <laughs> And, um, I mean, I've been well aware of this movie's issues even since I've seen it. Uh, I don't put as much stake in them. I really like this movie still. Yeah. I even like Aaron Taylor Johnson. Sue me. I like Elizabeth Olsen. Sue me. I like most things about this movie. The reason I don't rank it like incredibly highly is because it's kind of unremarkable in the wake of Godzilla films. It's not doing anything amazing. It doesn't reinvent the wheel wheel with Kaiju films or thematic stuff. Uh, but it commits to them fairly well. I think it's a very well crafted piece. That's actually pretty well directed. The script's not great, but the direction's pretty good. Uh, Gareth Edwards sense of scale is absolutely fantastic. Even still, uh, the monster brawls are awesome. I'm one of those crazy people that actually likes the way this movie teases you because I'm, I was sick to death of too many monster brawls, uh, when I had uh, previously seen this movie, I think that was a result of transformers. Um, and yeah, I had a pretty, pretty good time with this movie. Yeah. I don't know what you want from me. All right. I, I will say this. Um, <laughs> Gareth Edwards' greatest talent is the ability to put a big thing next to a small thing. <laughs> that's that's, yeah. that's the, the thing that he is best at. He does that well in Rogue One. However much mm. of Rogue One he directed, I'm not sure exactly. Good question. <laughs> what slice of the pie he, he claims is taken, but uh, yeah, th- that is what he is good at. So good on you, Gareth Edwards, for putting big Godzilla next to a small puppy and us being like, whoa, that's a big-ass monster. <laughs> I guess well done. Uh, in terms of working with actors, no, no, sir, <laughs> no, no, sir. Uh, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are uh, are both pretty horrendous in this movie. Ah, see, I this is what it's going to come down to. It's just going to be a, a case of me saying I just don't see it because I thought his performance was again not like amazing. He's not like the most memorable character in the world, but that's because he's playing a fucking Navy SEAL and like whatever uh i thought is the nuances were there i thought he brought a lot of humanity nuances. to the performance yeah oh, absolutely <laughs> and i thought he worked as a very believable vessel into this world not just in terms of his performance but also the character i think if we're gonna follow a specific character through this uh monster mayhem that's going on this is the best kind of character to do it in terms of like making it also an action film which i don't know how you relate well. to a man named ford <laughs> Still trying to figure that out. I don't know how I re- relate to a man named Nico either. So <laughs> get over it. I barely relate to a guy that drives a Ford. <laughs> Never mind, is named Ford. Jesus, uh, dude. Yeah, and um, so I'm gonna name my daughter Honda one day. <laughs> Brian Cranston's nice very good in the movie for when he's in it. For which when was, he's in like two seconds. Yeah, sure. No, no, and I think this is the thing that really bothered people when they first saw it is that they expected more Brian Cranston. And uh, it was surprising when I saw it. Um, what I will say is that it has that like psycho effect where you're like, okay, we're all fucked. Because that guy we thought we were supposed to be with through the entire movie, we're actually going with this guy. Oh, stop. Granted, stop. I'll give you, I give you this. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson is not the best alternative. That being no! Sa- that being said, the other characters in Psycho are not the best alternatives either. So whatever. Um, 
I will also say At that... At least you uh, got Norman, though, in Psycho. Yeah. I but, mean, the, Norman's the point of view character. becomes Norman's yeah. movie. But in, in this one, you have Godzilla and giant monsters, Nico. Jesus Deal with it. Jesus Christ, dude. Um, what I... <laughs> Don't don't be like. Listen. Do not credit the film for killing off Brian Cranston. That is I not to the film's credit. That is to the film's detriment. Uh, they killed off t- the most interesting performer, who, by the way, has never overacted more. Yeah, and I guess that that's like that's not to his detriment. Brian Cranston is one of our finest working actors. Yes, but man, does that guy go above and beyond the call of duty in this movie? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I mean, that guy just does more than is asked of him, and it actually is. It's off-putting, the fact that he's overacting so much, because his performance almost implies a level of importance that that never pays off. Yeah, I mean, his character is important in 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 a sense. It's certainly in the in understanding the monsters, certainly in understanding the motivations behind like the Ford character. Yeah, but he is overacting, and Man, I, I realize so hard when he's I, in that like nuclear power plant. And he looks through that glass door. Oh yeah, that look on his face. It's like, dude, this is not going to be on the Oscar reel relax no. tone it down a little bit you're in a godzilla movie well that was the th- yeah that was the thing that was more off-putting it's like okay he's the only one going to this extent right. it felt like he wasn't totally aware of what it was not to say that it's like a bad performance per se but it's certainly out of place i would i would also say right um, it's not the uh, you're the one who knocks speech relax yeah. dude you no. know you're not in a crawl space right now the thing i i realized though on rewatching it like because i haven't seen it in a couple years is that yeah um i didn't mind his death at all i think that's the thing is that when the movie came out what people were expecting was something very different and when they didn't get that brian cranston vehicle it was like wait what fuck aaron taylor johnson and having that time to sit with this it doesn't bother me even remotely okay well i'm glad you came to that realization i admit i have not seen the movie since i saw it in theaters in 2014 so um maybe i'm just pushing up against my own expectations that's possible maybe i don't think that is what it is because i remember aaron <laughs> taylor johnson being very bad and elizabeth olsen actually being worse no um, yeah. i disagree with, i just disagree with those like again i'm i i, I, I mean I, it's I, not necessarily their fault i mean i don't think that they're bad in most movies i think they're good in some movies but the characters are very poorly written and uh it's more so that the characters are just not the most fleshed out people it's not that i don't know who these people are it's just that the movie's not interested in like exploring them on a much deeper level they're just there in the plot as all this stuff is going on that's that's the the bigger issue but it's not like i i don't feel for them when the stuff is happening i certainly feel bad for both aaron taylor johnson and elizabeth olsen when they're in that city and they're getting trampled on (sighs) i i don't know i just disagree like i don't have much of an issue with aaron taylor johnson in this movie or elizabeth olsen well i'm happy for you then um (laughs) charlie hunnam in pacific rim or aaron taylor johnson in this movie uh i think um well, I think Charlie Hunnam's performance is worse, but I think his character is uh, is much uh, much more finely written. I agree. Yeah, I that's agree. the that's the distinction. I think that's another problem with this movie is that it came out in the shadow of Pacific Rim. But um, I I don't like this more or less than Pacific Rim. It's very close. Oh man, it's not even close for me. Yeah, it is no, yeah. not even in the same stratosphere. Like this, Pacific Rim came out what summer of twenty thirteen? Thirteen. Yeah, the previous year. Okay, that was July of 2013, and I remember seeing that in the theater, and I was obsessed with it. And mm-hmm. Many of my friends were obsessed with it for like a year. Um, and then we saw this one. This was, I think, May of 2014, if I recall. 
Yes. And yeah, I think it's just like a a more darkly lit version of Pacific Rim without samurai swords and outer space costumes. <laughs> and <laughs> yes. like, you know, oh, send oh, it's me not- the drift every time, dude. Yeah, I know. It's not going for it the way that something like uh, Pacific Rim is. But I mean, I don't know. Too much of a good thing can be a bad thing, obviously. And that's certainly the case with the sequel to uh, Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim Uprising is absolutely horrendous. I can't speak to the sequel. I've not seen it. Oh, my God. And, but, and I would also say the sequel to this Godzilla is better than that sequel, even though I have a lot of issues with this Godzilla sequel. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, it also doesn't have Guillermo at the helm. No. So, no, you know, Guillermo true. certainly helps that movie a lot. I know. I, I'm not a Gareth Edwards fan. I did not care for Rogue One, whichever parts he directed. Um, I, I can't actually tell you what other Gareth Edwards movies I've seen monsters have you seen monsters i have not seen monsters oh, that was his first one right monsters are really good he's only made three movies yep okay yeah so yeah exactly right he made monsters and people loved it and then they just gave him godzilla because i guess that's what happens with uh with young filmmakers now yep is that all of a right. sudden they're just given the keys to the ferrari and it's like all right here you go take on two iconic franchises i but know I, I i wouldn't call these attempts successful but Again, that's not uh, his fault, man. Maybe he should still be making indie movies. I mean, I wouldn't call Rogue One. This is a successful movie. It's one of the better Godzilla films, that's for sure. Really? Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, dude. It's certainly in the upper echelon. I mean... Is it just because it takes it seriously? I mean, I... Well, the best Godzilla films tend to be the ones that take it pretty seriously. They have their levity throughout, but usually they're, they're, they're very serious with the subject matter. The overwhelming majority of the bad ones are the ones that don't take the subject matter serious or the craft seriously. Uh-huh. And this one commits to both, and I have to credit it for that. It does a pretty consistently good job. I don't know. And it's fun. And I think the finale is excellent. Again, I it's 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 a and it stays Godzilla. That's the other thing is that the um, the TriStar picture is like offensive. There's nothing even remotely resembling Godzilla aside from a giant lizard-like thing with spikes. And that's it. Mm. Whereas this commits to being Godzilla film both in look and thematics in a lot of ways. And I yeah, Loved it for that. And as a film on the whole, it's pretty entertaining. And I also found it to just be a very pleasing cinematic experience, too. Again, I just I liked this approach a lot. I'm actually not a huge fan of the design of the monster here. No, no, he's too fat. He's always fat, dude. No, he's too fat in this one, though, man. He's very fat in most Godzilla films. Yeah, but like, I don't have know. Have you seen, have you seen, Jesus Christ, watch Godzilla versus Desatroya. Holy I will shit. not, but at, at a, <laughs> look, at a certain point, like, you know, you get too chunky and you're a little less menacing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Godzilla, have you it's seen like Godzilla's, on a diet. <laughs> have you seen Godzilla's thunder thighs, man? That shit is intense. Oh man, the, the dude's got no thigh gap. No, he's got to go, he has leg day, man. It's not a thing. <laughs> It's not a thing with Godzilla. <laughs> it's like the lineman the Jets drafted yesterday. Man. I, I have to note, uh, this is the highest grossing Godzilla film with a budget of $160 million at the, and grossed $529.1 million worldwide. I mean, yep. not surprising. There, uh, mm-hmm. there are only three American Godzilla movies, right? Now, I mean, like I said, there's going to be a fourth one. The, the funny, though, King of the Monsters did not do well at all. It was actually a bomb. 
Yeah, I don't think that's surprising. Um, yeah. I don't think people care for this original movie, Adam. I think the consensus, at least from audience members, is that it was kind of underwhelming. Uh, I didn't necessarily get that impression. I'm, I'm not necessarily saying it was underwhelming. It wasn't necess- uh, the amazing thing that I think they were hoping for entirely. But I've t- I've I haven't heard of, like a lot of like negative negative things about this. It's certainly not a hated movie. It's, it's just it's, boring. Honestly, it, yeah, yeah, let's just cut to the chase. It's boring. It's a boring-ass uh, dis- movie. No, I disagree with that. Like, again, the cinematic stuff with, with the set pieces with the monsters, even when it's not the monsters, like I said, the build-up to that is just great. And like I said, I honestly don't mind. Uh, the, I, here's the thing is that I love the first, like, 30 minutes of this movie. Yes. I really love the first 30 minutes of this movie. And it's only in that center where it starts to drag a bit for me. But again, it's 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 not enough for me to say like, yeah, it, it ain't it ain't good. Let them fight. Great quote. That's all I remember. That's fine. Ken Watanabe's pretty good in it. The one thing I will say in terms of performances, like the one that does not work for me at all, is Sally Hawkins. Okay. Woo, she's not like on rewatch, I was like, what are you doing in this movie? And she comes well, back, right? <laughs> You could say that okay. she comes back for like two scenes and then Ghidorah uh, uh, hits her with his tail or something and kills her in Antarctica. You barely see her die. I forgot that she died. It's one of those like uh, Traeger deaths in Pr- the predator where it's like, whoa, whoa, wait, she died. Oh shit. It's just like that. Sick. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you what that trailer looked incredible or, for what? The, the, the new Godzilla. Yeah. I mean, the, or whatever the teaser that I saw of like the big electrical thing. Oh yeah, it's a great trailer. If you can't see anything that happens in the movie, I mean that trailer looked like just incredible. And I saw it on the big screen, and I'm like, yeah, I got to see this new Godzilla movie. I'm in. And then I just and, heard the reviews were mixed, and I yeah. forgot about it. And actually, you didn't help because you didn't really care for it that much either. No, I mean it's not a, like a terrible movie at all, but it's it's very blah. Like that one's boring to me because it's too involved in its plot and there were way too many characters and I don't know what's happening and it's stupid. And the monster mayhem for the most part is pretty good, but there are many, 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 many scenes that are just clouded in dust and snow and rain. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening. So that's unfortunate. And this one I actually had fun with. All right. We'll agree to disagree on that. Yeah, that's that's, honestly, that's all I can really say. It's like, I just don't, I just don't see it. (laughs) All right. What's last? The last one is the 31st Godzilla film total, but the 29th for Toho. And that, of course, is Shin Godzilla, directed by Hideako Anno and Shinji Huguchi, starring uh, Hiroki uh, Hasegawa, uh, Yutaka Takanauchi in Satomi Ishihara. And this is Japan. <laughs> Japan is plunged into chaos when a skyscraper-sized monster rises from the deep of Tokyo Bay and lays waste to the city. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm catching a running theme with the synopses. Yeah, they're exactly the same. That's the synopses. <laughs> they're identical. I mean, they, they, what do you mean catching a running theme? I've just been repeating them. Just, just like, you know, <laughs> right. It's Godzilla, but with Brian Cranston. <laughs> yep. That's the synopsis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shin Godzilla, man. So uh, tell me about the origin of this movie. Okay. Uh, this came 
initially as a response to um, the 2014 one, where it's not that they, uh, Toho was displeased with Gareth Edwards' version, but they were like, okay, Godzilla's popular again. He made some money and audiences seem to like that movie. Let's do it again. You know, let's revamp this thing. Um, so they do, and they are trying to figure out what the hell the movie's going to be about. And eventually they bring on Hideaki Ono, who was best known for his anime manga, well, anime series, uh, um, Neon Genesis Evangelon. I think that's how you say it. And kind of a different choice, but they're like, let's make an impression and you can do whatever you want with this one. And he's like, okay. And he comes in pissed. He's pissed off. He hates what's going on with Japan at the time. He's still every there's Japan in a lot of ways is still in ruins and the government is em, embarrassed from how they handled uh, the Fukushima disaster and the Tohoku earthquake. And he's like, I'm going to make a film about that motherfuckers. And I'm going to make you guys look like idiots. And that's what he does. And uh, essentially, yeah, they, Japan went back to what they knew best in movie making. Yep, with Godzilla. And you get this thing, which is birthed out of deep, deep like rage and frustration for the Japanese government with the natural disasters that happened in 2011. And um, it, in my opinion, is like next to masterfully realized here. This is um, my, could be my favorite Godzilla film next to the original. Uh, even on rewatch, I had debate in my head. I love almost everything about this film aside from the scenes that reference America and that the, 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 the Japanese girl who wants to be U.S. president. I can <laughs> forget about that stuff. Kind of a strange character, yeah. E- yes, um, the character is very bizarre and she wants her, to be president or she's just ambitious. <sighs> Maybe both, but it's, it, I'd, I'd feel better if it wasn't not there. And also if you're going to hire an actress to be this particular character, she better know English a little better than that. Mm. Um, aside yeah, from why that, didn't they the, hire an American? I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, re- I mean, she's supposed to be Japanese American, but like, it's very obvious that she's just Japanese and they told her the lines an hour beforehand. Right. Um, but aside from that, this is one of my favorite representations of the character of Godzilla. It's one of my favorite Godzilla stories. My, it's an excellent political satire. It is, um, going back to what made Godzilla Godzilla more purely than almost any other entry prior where it's like, like even because even the return of Godzilla was not something that necessarily needed to be made. Like it's just clear that okay, everyone's a little scared. Let's just talk about it in this movie. Whereas um, this movie, the directors were like, "No, we are mad, and we're still feeling the effects of what happened in 2011, and we want to vent our frustrations in the form of a Godzilla film." And it talks very deeply about the government. It also talks about the follies of uh, nuclear power, much in the vein of the original Godzilla. And, oh my God, I, this is the only other one that I would be comfortable calling a masterpiece. I love uh, this movie. So uh, I'll say this to get the negatives out of the way. Um, CGI is... Eh. Not all of it. Here's the thing. The CGI, when it's good, is the best CGI I think I've ever seen. You think so? Yeah. 
when really? I first saw, because when I first saw the trailer for this movie, they f- show Godzilla in his full form coming out of the water in Tokyo Bay. And I'm like, oh, cool. They either did animatronics or they got a guy in a suit again. Cool. There is absolutely no suitmation in this movie. Every single shot of Godzilla is CGI. And I'm like, what? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's amazing. Uh, all right. I, I, uh, I mean, I, I guess, yes. Uh, towards the end, the further that Godzilla evolved, I think the more impressive the CGI was. Yeah. Um, the CGI at the beginning was very sloppy. And it looked a little cartoonish, like Godzilla with his giant eyes. Well, that's more so the design, not so much the CGI itself. Because I think the CGI itself is very good, but the design is just weird. And if you're not prepared for it, you're going to be like, what the fuck is that thing? Right. You know? That being said, I did find it to be very effective. Yeah. The design of that creature at the beginning. Like, it it just looks like this, you know, weird sea fish Mm -hmm. that just, you know, washes up to shore and just starts squirming. And like... Yeah incidentally destroys things there is no intentionality to it at all and i i think that's what i appreciate most in my uh you know five uh my history of with godzilla my five film history of godzilla is when all of the damage is incidental when it's just <laughs> yeah. he's just a giant guy walking around minding his own business and there <laughs> happens to be ten thousand people under his feet you know yep. uh and and that's what i loved about this like at the beginning of this movie you just see the tail stick out Mm-hmm. And then you you know, hear the rumblings of the creature moving down the river, and then he finally makes it to land, and he takes a break when he's on land. <laughs> and like they're teasing you while showing you the creature, and I think that's oh, what yeah. I appreciate most about it is that they effectively tease you while also not withholding anything from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and as again, a guy that was checking his watch a couple times in those earlier movies, waiting for Godzilla to appear. I appreciated how they just cut to the chase. This is oh, a Godzilla yeah. movie. You know what you came for, and we're just going to start with it right away. International crisis. Let's get going. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie moves with a breakneck pace. It is masterfully edited. I thought the editing yeah. was just spectacular in this. Mm-hmm. Um, the script is very good. Kind of felt like a Danny Boyle movie. Like yeah, an early period yeah, Danny yeah. Boyle movie. It's very frenetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it simulates what it would feel like in an actual crisis. Yes. You only have a split second to make a decision. And you're entirely right. The political satire here is on point, man. I just love how this was a movie about uh, bureaucracy and the pitfalls of bureaucracy. Um, how the guy in charge just can't make a decision. He's given the option early on in the movie. Are we going to fire at the creature? And uh, he's like, oh, no, there's a civilian. That might be like a PR nightmare. We can't let civilians get in the way. Um, And just, you know, watching that unfold, it was the most interesting human drama in any Godzilla movie. I really appreciated a lot of that as a guy that enjoys politically minded movies um, and movies about bureaucracy and how incompetent those in charge are. (laughs) I, I really enjoyed it. And I'll tell you what, man, felt very prescient. In a world where we are locked in our houses because yep, the, I, <laughs> because the government didn't get a handle on some natural disaster, I'm feeling I was a lot say, of these frustrations myself, man. It was very cathartic for me. I was going to say the exact same thing, especially on rewatch. I'm like, whoa, Godzilla could be a a, a metaphor for the fucking coronavirus. Right. It's oh, this is why I can't get a haircut. Yes, it was great. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I'm, I'm glad you, 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 you made mention of this because again, like, just the movie is interesting too in the sense that like it doesn't really vilify the government. It just says they don't know what they're doing. Yes, and it's and it says you gotta like like get smarter. You have to figure this stuff out or else 
it's going to get even worse. And that's, I just love like how grounded this movie is. It's like, okay, if Godzilla came to earth today, which honestly in 2011, he kind of did what Mm -hmm. would happen. And this is it. And I, one of my favorite, like, like quick descriptions of this movie that red letter media said was that it's tactical. Mm. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly how I would describe this movie because there's no protagonist. Yep. Not really. Uh, in terms of human characters, the collective whole of human characters is the human side of the story and the monster is Godzilla and it's just like humans versus Godzilla and it commits to that idea wholeheartedly. It's not necessarily that you get definitive arcs for everybody, but you understand exactly who everyone is in the scope of being a part of this team Mm -hmm. and that's why this movie is so breakneck. It's just we have a problem, let's try to figure it out and it's constantly evolving and changing and it's one step ahead of them and it's just like tense and anxiety driven and right when you think that something's going to go right boom godzilla is 300 feet taller than he was before Mm. and it's like holy shit like oh right when you think okay we can escape and reform uh, our advances and whatnot godzilla's back is starting to glow and he's about to level the city with his laser beam for god's sake which is an incredible scene by the way really holy shit it's one of my favorite godzilla reveals in terms of his powers that i've ever seen really effective yeah Uh, but i was like it's good but it's also like artfully done with the music and the imagery of godzilla himself and you're like holy shit and it's deeply impactful it's like horrifying so yeah uh i I totally agree um it it is like effectively horrifying um Mm -hmm. The, the design of the creature, the yep. the evolution really is the key. Are there any other Godzilla movies that have him evolve from the beginning to the end? There are Godzilla films that have him like grow up from a baby. So there, there's like Minya from Son of Godzilla, which is one of the worst ones. But okay. you don't see him um, like actually evolve the way that he does. Wait, his where name he's is like Minya. 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 Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he can talk. By the way, sick. He has he has a relationship with a little kid with a with a Yankees hat and shit. Oh. Little oh, Japanese good. kid with a little hat. Yeah, it's very dumb. Um, <laughs> it's like ET. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like ET, kind of. He like a fatter ET. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, I I love. Like you said, the design of the creature. It's the most like. It's one of my favorite designs too because it's so like wrong. You know, he just looks so deformed and horrendous and it's so like it's almost like asymmetric and it's he looks like this mutated behemoth thing that could have only been made from unnatural things and he's just horrifying to look at but still obviously godzilla and i love that about him yeah it's just it's just like i love so much about this and again when um he's finally like trampling along and he's the you know the, the the godzilla we know like I just think that CGI is fucking amazing. Like when they're shooting at him uh, in the helicopters for the first time and they're bouncing off of him, I'm like, how is that? It looks perfect. It's flawless. Mm. And there are many instances like that. I wouldn't say it's all perfect, but it's never like bad. And when it's good, it's like, seriously, like some of the best I've ever seen. So that's one thing I was worried about. It's like, okay, they're going to start doing CGI now. I don't know how that's going to work at all. But then I realized, oh shit, they're actually very confident in this and what they have to show us is worth it. And it's actually quite impressive. So yeah, it's, it's sort of an end of an era for the Godzilla suitmation that they're used to. That being said, there's a tremendous amount of miniature work in this movie too. Yeah. Some good, good practical effects when they, when they choose to do them. And, uh, my God, man. Uh, the other thing I appreciate about this film is that 
uh, when we were talking about earlier of showing the monster, this movie shows him in like bright daylight all the time. That's exactly what I'm saying, man. I, I, I appreciated that, that they were able to tease us while also giving us a lot of information. And, and by the way, it is a bleak movie. Oh, but yeah. Not in the like um, traditional American sense. Uh, or I guess the modern American sense, which is what the American Godzilla movie does, which is like yeah. just turn down the exposure and yep. uh, and you know just and put Godzilla behind a bunch of clouds and rain. Yep. Um. Yeah. This movie is very in your face about its creature, but because of the human drama and because of like the excellent script, there's like a there's an unstoppability to it and a bleakness yeah. and an inevitability to it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, give me this version of a monster movie every day of the week. Let me see the creature. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, and it also, when you watch it, if you've ever seen some of those, uh, Fukushima videos, it looks just like that. Okay. Like there are scenes where like Godzilla is like way in the background and you can only see his silhouette and he's like kind of off in the corner of the frame kind of walking. And it's, it's so clearly recalls that like in, in some, some of the shots kind of look like old, like, um, like video footage. And it's just like, Oh, there's something really bad over there coming this way. And that's, that's exactly what it feels like. But that, that's not to really do a disservice to the cinematography because I also really like that. Like all the production yeah. on on all fronts, the direction, the editing, the, the, the cinematography, the special effects, visual effects, everything. It's like top notch. I love the use of music in this movie. Oh my God, I forgot to mention that. Yes. Oh so my God, they it's great. use essentially the score from the original movie in this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and it's very obvious, but also <gasps> really effective. Yeah, because it recalls like old past memories. Yeah. And I think that's the purpose of it. It's like, this is something we've lived before and it's coming back. Right. And I just think it's so thematically appropriate. But and how they, not only is it coming back, but you're still not prepared this time. You had yeah. learned your lesson from the first time. Yeah, it's so interesting. You're right. Yeah, I just I just love that about the movie. And it, it, the thing is, I would have thought that it wouldn't have worked, but the the tracks work surprisingly well in this yeah. movie. And it's like, oh god, shit, yeah, that's like really creepy. But it's interesting to have of how good uh, Akira uh, if if Akube's score actually was. It, I mean, I is, wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily play it in my car, but yeah, no. I think it for the context. I think that's what's important. The music works well with what we're seeing. Yes. But I would also like to say they use the correct tracks as well, because there are many versions of like some of the themes that they use, like, say, when Godzilla first comes out of uh, Sagami Bay and they play the classic Godzilla march, you know, that very like overbearing version, you know, and um, they could have used like like any number of them. There's like there's like 30 of them or something like that. But they use the one from uh, King Kong versus Godzilla because the director's like, nope, this one sounds the best for this moment here. And then they were also very smart to use the classic Godzilla theme during that sequence, which was from Terror of Mechagodzilla. And when I listen back to them, I'm like, yep, that's the correct one because it's the most bleak and kind of foreboding and fits best in the context of this scene. So... Mm. Just really, really smart and clever with that. So, yeah, the entire movie is smart. Um, I I really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I certainly enjoyed it the most of the three that you made me watch. Um, and yeah, I think I actually might like this one the best as well of the five. It's um, so just had a real modern sensibility to it, and yeah. uh, it it nailed both the. Uh, I think there are, look there are two distinct elements to any Godzilla movie. There is the Godzilla element and the human element. Um, one just deals with carnage and visual just uh, stuff and the human element is like 
what the government is doing to combat Godzilla and, uh, you know, the character drama and the individual conflicts in between people. And I think of all five of these movies, this movie nails both elements most effectively. I would say so too. Yeah. Cause I was saying like of all the, of, it's, it's funny. Cause when you're making movies, like here's the thing, like this is in essence, kind of a remake Mm-hmm. It's a big it's like because it, it disregards all the other Godzilla films. Godzilla way, has never been to Japan no. in this movie. Okay, this is completely new Godzilla f- first time ever, and it's weird because re- re- even my favorite reboots, even my favorite reboots are you, you could you could look at them and say, did that need to be made aside from the artist saying I just really want to make this movie like Fury Road? Mm-hmm. It's like okay, I mean that's that's a good reason to make the movie, but. There's even something about this one where it's like it, it was birthed out of just like something much more deep seated than that. Yeah. And there was such a pure reason like this is a reboot that needed to happen. Mm-hmm. And the filmmakers understood that. And they're like, we can't rest until we tell this story. And I just think that's so that, that I don't know. That's so wonderful to see in a movie. Mm-hmm. It's so like endearing and inspiring. And I'm just happy that the movie exists. And in the spirit of that original movie, I mean, yeah, both are exactly. Very overt political allegories and i think monster movies work best when they say something about society i think that's always actually movies work best when they say something about society (laughs) aside from joker (laughs) yeah well i think that's the problem with jokers it didn't really say anything about society but yeah yeah yeah. and also like i was i've I've said this already but distinctly different but so obviously godzilla that's the important thing yeah uh okay does that do it that pretty much does it. This is also the highest grossing Japanese Godzilla film. If we're converting it to US dollars, it had a budget of 15 million and made 75 million. Pretty good. Good for them. Pretty good. Yep. And uh, yeah, this is one of four movies. The other three that followed were animes, actually. Okay. Yeah. So I have no interest. I, I, they're on Netflix and I've been like, tempted but i'm like i don't know i don't know i'd also like to say one more little detail longest godzilla screen time is 26 minutes uh 56 seconds shortest you mean longest two hours 26 no 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 26 minutes 56 jesus christ 26 minutes 56 seconds and that's that's not the shortest that's the longest what are you talking about that's the longest Godzilla oh, oh, screen Godzilla time. Oh, Godzilla on screen. On oh, I screen. thought you meant the length of the movie. Oh, okay. yeah, no, 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 no. Got it. Longest got Godzilla it. screen time, and that's Got in it. Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla two. That's the Heisei era, and the shortest screen time is an invasion of the Astro Monster from the Showa era, five minutes fifty uh, forty three seconds. That would frustrate the hell out of me. Godzilla twenty fourteen is ten minutes on the dot. Ugh. No wonder that movie sucks. <laughs> no. All right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's it. That's our Godzilla pod. Well, not, not quite. We got to pick one. Not quite. We have to pick one. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it's a two horse race right now between Shin Godzilla and the original. Is that right? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, you know, uh, we're talking about impact and legacy and everything. Um, obviously that first one wins. Uh, I, I do think you can make an argument that the new one is better yeah and then it wins on quality but i i don't think that there's significant enough of a difference 
for it to overcome that original. Am I right about that? No, that's the thing. I think in terms of quality, they are close enough where it's hard to make that distinction. It's almost not even worth the conversation. It's like, it's, it's a matter of preference at that point. Mm -hmm. This Shin Godzilla could be my favorite, but then I constantly hit myself like, but what about that 54 movie? And it's like, yeah, it's really good. It's really fucking good, and I mean this. In, this movie's entire identity owes uh, a, a tribute to that movie. So, yeah, it's it's hard not to give it to Gojira, but like I I I don't know. Do you have another argument? I don't think I do. Yeah, I don't think I do. I think we got to go Gojira here. But I God, I love Shin Godzilla. I love Shin Godzilla. It's one of my yeah one of my favorite monster movies. Period. But damn, I do. But uh, nonetheless. I think we have to do what's right because yeah. this is a sacred institution and we must protect it. Yeah, I know. We took a vow to protect it like Mothra took a vow to protect the earth. <laughs> and it didn't work out, did it? <laughs> no, not really, actually. Uh, and I guess jury's still out if it's working for us or not. Yep. But congratulations to Gojira <laughs> 1954 mm-hmm. on induction into the Movie Hall of Fame. Hells yeah. Uh, Adam Hall, I'm proud of you. You did a good job hosting today. Oh, thank you, Nico. This was great. And I think I'm going to take more breaks doing notes more often. What do you, oh, <laughs> you're going to make me do this now? Now that you know I could do it. Was this a bad idea on my part? I saying yes? Horrible idea. <laughs> horrible idea. <laughs> Shit. I was thinking about that too. I was like, wait a second. If I do this for him, he's just going to give me all of his work. It's his Man. work. I'm not, I'm not your fucking secretary. Dude, it's so nice. Just I'm able to watch movies and just sit back. I, I'm looking at the speaker stats on Jitsi today, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, we've been doing. It's our new recording software. I've spoken for 40 minutes on today's call. You've spoken for one hour and 11 minutes. <laughs> you beat me by a half hour. <laughs> I love Godzilla. There you I go. can get used to this, man. I can get used <laughs> to just sitting back, sipping my water, staying well, hydrated. We have to pick the right things, though. I guess. And I'm just listening to the show. It's really fun, not contributing. Yeah. Like, well, at least I know what I'm talking about. Like, if I was just saying, like, I like lizards that stomp on buildings, it's cool to see. That wouldn't be fun. Okay, so you're happy now? I'm happy. We got we we, we I, that. This is an atom pod right here. This that is, is penance. Adam- that is penance for all the all the movies that made you watch. I think you came out on top. You liked the majority of these movies. Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, cl- you know, you still made me watch Godzilla, Mothra, King Gudahara. You <laughs> liked attack it. or whatever. You liked it, and I made Nico. you watch Hoosiers. So I'm not really <laughs> sure. Hey, there's hey. a one-to-one comp there, but it's all right. It's pretty obvious which one is better. Okay, let's okay. just be honest. Okay. Uh, oh, before we go, by the way, how about that show Mad Men? Excuse me? How about that show Mad Men? It's pretty good. Excuse me? Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> I'm going to cry right now. Yeah, but watch some- Mad Men? I'm not done with it. I've been watching it, but it's pretty amazing. Yeah. How much? I'm on season two and uh, Don has been kicked out of the house by Betty. Oh my God. I'm so happy for you. Isn't yeah, that the like best a- fucking show ever? 
Yeah, it's like fantastic. And I love that <laughs> setting so much and I want to be there. I mean, there is infidelity in every single episode. Well, that's Don every Draper, single episode. man. That's Don Draper. No it's one like puts rid- Don in a corner, man. I, I'm very much in the Nick camp with that where it's like, Ugh, I don't like seeing that. But oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Holy shit, man. You are actually the second friend of mine that is watching Mad Men currently. Yeah. Another friend of mine just started it as well, and he adores it. Yeah, man. Like, uh, it was like winning a bunch of Emmys back in the day, but for some reason, nobody like made me watch Godzilla. <laughs> nobody made me. That's a sorry. I, you know what I was doing? I was looking at my IMDb tab, and I said yeah. the word that I was looking at as I said it. Nobody made me watch Mad Men back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I just watched it last year, and my whole family watched it last year. And uh, Don Draper is just like the greatest American. Uh, he's also a monster. He's also There's a monster. Only- yes, yeah. but yeah. who doesn't want to be him? You either want to be him or you want to fuck him. There's there's no other camp, man. I I understand that. Two yeah, kinds of people in the world. You want to sleep with Don Draper. You want to be with Don Draper. Who's your favorite character? Is it Raj? Oh God, dude. Mm. I really like Christina Hendricks, dude. Yeah, I think those that's the top three. It's 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 Roger, Don, or or Joan. Well, who's the consensus the, three? What's the, what's the character who looks like Orson Welles? I love him. Oh, uh, um, um, I, I'm blanking on his name because he's actually not in the later seasons of the show. Really? Oh no, I love that guy. Yes. Yeah, he, he he writes the play and they like they perform it at the office. I know you're you're not talking about Henry Crane. You're talking about the other one. Yeah. Uh, Paul Kinsey. Okay. 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 Yeah, yeah. That's, no, I think he, that's right. he, um, yeah, you'll you'll see what happens there. Oh boy. Um, um, my brother's the biggest Pete Campbell fan in the world. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dude, why, how could you be a Pete Campbell fan? Just Fuck. wait. Just wait. I I what? You're gonna turn the corner on Pete very soon. Yo, fuck Pete Campbell. (laughs) Push him out of the window for the love of God. Oh my God, I hate that guy. Here's what you're going to find out about Pete Campbell. What? He is essentially Don Draper, except ugly. (laughs) And the the only reason that Pete doesn't get a pass is because he's hideous. But if, if Pete looked like Don, he'd be getting away with the same shit. All right. All right. Fine. I hate that guy. God, I hate that guy. Also, but, is there any more attractive woman in the history of mankind than January Jones? No. <laughs> okay. Probably not. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. I I was I was like, who is that actress? And then I looked her up. I was like, oh, it's the it's the the fucking um, diamond chick from X Men First Class. <laughs> I remember her. <laughs> I. <laughs> I'd like to stress, she's very good in the show, Nico. Don't yeah. worry. But Elizabeth Moss is hideous. I, oh, stop. She is so ugly. That's unfair. Oh, my. That, like, she's, stop, no, you, you know what? That's just not true. What, it's, it's not, what do you mean it's not she, true? You know Have why? some Be- self-respect. <laughs> she, is, she, is, she is only bad looking in comparison to the other women on the show who are all drop-dead gorgeous. I, no, I mean, I in th- real life, if you walked by Elizabeth Moss on the street, like you would think that's a fairly attractive person. I would look at her and be like, what's wrong with your face? Oh, stop it. Stop being <laughs> mean to our 
the goddess Elizabeth Moss. Oh, it's do- no, she's your performance is fine. It's just like, oh, it's more than fine. She's incredible. It, on it's, the show. it's good. But like, she's so like her face. It's just all wrong. It's all. I felt the same way when watching Invisible Man. I'm like, she's so ugly. That's very mean. That's I don't a care. very mean thing to say. It, it, it bothers me scene to scene. That's a very mean thing to say. Whatever. You know, that's very, that's very not nice. <laughs> Take that back uh, right now. Not, no, well, no, no. Not 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 until uh, I see her hop into bed with Don Draper, which I'm sure is going to happen. Um, all right, that's what you think is going to happen. Okay, I have no idea. Actually, what what the the relationship that unfolds between Don and and uh, Peggy is one of the great television relationships ever, um, and that dynamic is just something that I have I don't think ever seen in any show ever. All right. Um, especially between a man and a woman because you just expect it to go one way and it just totally subverts everything. All right, um, cool. And it has See. restraint too. I, I will, ah. well, I, I won't say anything, but. All right, so maybe I take that back. We'll they see. don't sleep together. They don't sleep together. Okay, okay. And that is you know, kind of surprising that they don't, but um, yeah, it's like a legitimate mentor-mentee relationship and to see them become equals in the workplace almost is just an awesome thing. It's a okay. fucking amazing show, dude. That's the best show. That show's <laughs> so good. Those early only... seasons are so great with the woman at the retail store, the Mankey, yeah. or Minkins. Minkins? Is that, Minkins? What is that what it is? Yeah. The, the chick from, uh, the, from Sons of Anarchy. Oh, <laughs> see, I didn't watch Sons of Anarchy either. Yeah. yeah. But I hope it doesn't end, uh, it doesn't drop the ball on anything. I mean, yeah. I this problem I have with shows, the endings suck. And it's the like ending it does was... not suck. All there right. are weaker seasons, definitely. Um, I adore the ending of Mad Men. I think the finale is great. Okay, good, good. Um, but those early seasons are great too. And I think actually season four is the sweet spot. Fight to right. one. Sweet, sweet. You'll love it. You'll love it. Yeah. It's, the, it's the best. It's fucking Mad it's, Men, dude. It's very good. It's very good. I'm are so happy? happy. I'm very yes. happy you did this. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy to talk to you every step of the way now about <laughs> Mad Men. I can't every- wait. Every once in a while, I, I I pull a surprise on you. Yeah, I, I've I've watched Mad Men, uh, and there's other stuff in my life going on that's pretty cool. I guess yeah. that was a surprise. Yeah. I'll just say, I guess yeah, I could, could just say, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. My younger brother is having a kid. I'm gonna be an uncle. Yeah, that is insane, dude. Isn't that crazy? It's the craziest. Yep. Uncle Adam. Uncle Adam is right. Man, let's hope that not many children have to say that for the rest of their lives. <laughs> it's coming over to Uncle Adam's house. Oh, oh no. Let's keep coming to him, in. Why don't you come into Uncle Adam's basement? Uh, yeah, we'll watch some movies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, yeah. Uh, what, what, that's nuts. Yeah, nothing's going on in my life. I'm watching the NFL draft and the Jordan documentary. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, you uh, got nothing, dude. Yeah, you're you got nothing going on. You're gonna be an uncle, so that's great. Yeah, congratulations to everyone involved. Yeah, um, yeah, that's all I got, man. I Who's haven't watched any the- movies recently besides the Godzilla movies, so I think that's it. Yeah, I need to. I, I I gotta watch the Hunt. I gotta just do it. Yeah, you'll like the so, Hunt. Uh, and um, I know you don't like basketball, but the Michael Jordan documentary is just great. Okay, it's well, I, I might. I like Michael Jordan. So. Okay, well, there you go. It's 10 parts. It's on ESPN, and it's currently airing. Who's uh, doing the quote today? Uh, oh, should we draft for next week? 
Uh, yeah, I have no idea what we're going to do. I'm thinking 1990. I'm thinking we just get that one out of the way. Okay. Because it's obvious, but uh, I just want to have it out. All right, all right. I know the, the I, I know what that is, but I got to see the other films. Uh, I'll go first then and just draft Goodfellas. Okay. And ooh, Total Recall, baby. Total Recall you going with? Yeah. Okay. I will go. Um, I'll go Miller's Crossing. This is a cool year. It is. Wow, look at this. Oh, my God. Oh, this is like my year. <laughs> oh, but it's a tough one. Oh, no. All right, you said Miller's Crossing. Oh, boy. Mm. Shit. Dude, I love Hunt for Red October. I do, too. Uh, fuck. So it's Godfather Part 3, the clear winner. Stop right now. <laughs> Oh, I think I, I think I have to nominate Hunt for Red October. Okay, oh, that's fine. Totally fine with me. Um, hmm, because <laughs> then we got the the tough ones here. Yeah, you know what? Pretty Woman. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Pretty Woman. Uh, hmm. Interesting choice. Let's do it. Yep. Pretty Woman. Alrighty then. Alrighty then. Alrighty then. <laughs> oh boy, this is a tough fucking year, man. Oh boy. I saw Gremlins too, but we already talked Gremlins too. Yep. Um oh boy. I like Edward Scissorhands more than Home Alone. I like both movies, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, I agree though, I think those are the it's between those two. Shit, because there's also misery. But we didn't we talk misery we already. Did, we did misery already. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Well, that helps. But Jesus, it's could always weird. nominate the four hour dances with wolves, man. I could do that. <laughs> Movie I that know. I don't mind, I guess. Oh man, it's fine. Um, Jesus, oh, fuck me. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Well, I'll pick one. Flip a coin if you have to. I don't know. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Pick again, please. <laughs> <laughs> what? I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Let's Turtles. Let's try that. Let's try that one again. No? Take you're not, two. Take two. Uh, you're not going to Teenage Hurry Mutant Hurry up. Turtles? I got to go. I have things to do. Uh, yeah. Home Alone. Okay. No scissor hands. Home alone. Fuck it. Okay. All right. We'll do a Tim Burton pod. No, we won't. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> we will not. Oh, boy. All right. That, that's it. Uh, go to the website, tmt.media, too many thoughts, media.com. Uh, actually, you should be doing this because you're hosting, but all right. Yeah. Too late. You uh, we love you, and that's it. Right? Do I have to say the catchphrase now? Do you have one? I have one. Okay. Uh, well then, all right. Then I'll say until next time. Run! It's Godzilla. It looks like Godzilla, but due to international copyright laws, it's not. Still, we should run like it is Godzilla, though it isn't. <laughs>